Yeah. Top five? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I wasn't talking fantasy. I was just talking about in the NFL. Do, do we talk NFL football here? Do we talk fantasy Is football? this an NFL what? podcast or what? <laughs> Welcome to the Dynasty Academy. Michael Washington Weeks is uh, your Tango West Mono Azulu and Pantalones. Mark Angst. You want to hear something really weird? Who's a good Dynasty player? Eli Manuel. At the mercy of you. I have a blue monkey in my pants. And you don't want people to really know that about you? Jalen Burks. Eli, you can cut this out. Mark, we're not live. Eli doesn't have to put it in. You can leave it in, too. Restart. I have legal on too many apps. I don't know what to follow. Tonight on the Dynasty Academy, Debbie Drafts. Debbie Drafts. Debbie Drafts. Three of them. We're going to discuss... What, value, surprise picks, all that stuff, like we normally do every time around this year. Right? That's what we're doing? Anything else? Mm-hmm. Anything else tonight? No? That's it? Eli's we can talk terrible stuff. trade offers. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of those we could run through. I'm sure we'll get to it. If we if we have time left at the end, we'll, 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 we'll go through that as well. Uh, yeah, so... Man, so let's start off with OG Debbie, guys. That was the first Debbie draft we did and completed, and um, I had a ton of picks inside the top 20 in this one. Travion Henderson being the first overall pick, are we surprised by this? No. I don't know. I feel like that he's going to end up being the first pick in every Debbie draft first overall. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. I mean, there's no clear-cut quarterback because these are all super flex leagues flex leagues that you have to have that quarterback so yeah I, I, I'm not surprised by that pick at all where uh, before we before we continue further I, I think that some of the other things that I was kind of surprised about was the some of the players that are that were taken in the first round the discrepancies between a few names that were taken in other drafts from last year, but not taken in, in certain leagues. You know what I mean? Like Bryce Young. For, for for instance, Bryce Young being one of them, but the guy taken second in this draft being Traylon Burks, because he was not taken in so far a good chunk of the drafts that we've had, but he was taken in a few spots. Yeah. I, he was a late, a late Debbie Boomer yeah. in the eyes of Debbie players. Like, people weren't really on him. So, almost seemed like the season was over last year. And I think, I think a lot of that has to do with Arkansas. I don't think anybody was really paying attention to them last year. And then somewhere, someone went, Oh, hey, this guy has really good numbers, really good size, and um, probably looks really good. Maybe we should pay a little more attention to him. So. And then all of a sudden he blew up. The the other thing I'll, I'll say too, to kind of coincide with that when you mentioned about the Arkansas thing, is if you look at these names, you see a lot of OSU, a lot of Bama, a lot of OU. Do you think that maybe we're a little too reliant sometimes on where they're coming from over over where where they technically should be talent wise? I think we were, as we're, you know, we have to remember we're only, we're pretty new to this ourselves still. Right, yeah, yeah. We're, we're only in, what, 
Max, the fourth year of doing Debbie in general, and really yeah, probably only in year two, maybe three of really, really being into it, like because of C2C now. I think that has played a big role in. So I, I think originally, yes, we kind of we kind of looked at these big schools that put up points and look great and have five star players at every position and went, oh yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. Yeah, we're gonna get all of them. I actually would would say this year we've seen a little bit less of that trend. Now, yes, I know there are a lot of them on there, but more not as many young guys from those schools, more established guys this time, where before we were just like, oh, yeah, they went to Bama. We'll take them as the five-star true freshman running back that nobody's ever seen. Yeah. Uh, I was just wondering about it because I'm looking at this and, and, and again, though, I mean, at the same time, some of these are also spread out over the course of, of what class they are, you know, Jackson Smith, Nigby, he'll be available in 2023, but then Travion Henderson first overall, you know, will be a, what a 2024 guy. Cause he was a freshman this year. Hopefully, Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, a little further down with the OSU, there's Chris, Chris Olave who's coming out this year. So Should it's kind of spread year. out over the course. Well, yeah, but it, it, it's spread out. So it's not so, it, whereas before, I think we were just like, oh, Emeka Egbuka, who did not get taken in this draft. Boom, let's go get him right now or super early and, and hope he pans out. And I think that kind of, I think Julian Fleming might have put a little bit of a, you know, odd taste in our mouth. I still think Fleming will be okay, but I am curious now whether or not he's going to transfer because it is transfer portal season. In case you guys didn't know, they hit the thousand player mark um, today. And yeah, well, <laughs> they, they didn't hit the, they didn't hit the thousand player mark until Christmas Eve last year. So like I said, <laughs> there's still a good, like I said last week, it, it definitely seems like, and now watching these drafts go where a lot of us have started to realize just throwing the dart at some random player who did nothing isn't always the best. Maybe it is better to take the guy who's shown something, who's getting some NFL draft props at this point, who whose ceiling might not be as high, but at this point the floor is better. And I think that also goes back to the conversation we had last week, Michael, about do we take ceiling over floor? I think a lot of us are starting to realize the floor sometimes is just the better option when comparing two guys. Well, and that brings me to, to my next question here is, who who would you guys say is a surprise here in the first? You know, there's one guy. To, there's one. Yeah, there's one guy that glares to me, and that's Jacory Brooks at, at twelve. Um, and I think it's just because he's just he was a true freshman who didn't really see the field. You know, I. And, and, and the guy who took, took him, him is yeah is yeah. someone who does this. He he usually goes young and does all that. That's just his strategy. So it's not surprising based on who took him. It's just when you look at the list. Is that probably a guy he could have gotten with his very last pick? Possibly. I mean, maybe not. And he probably didn't want to take that chance with us. He, you know, we, we all say to each other, get your guy because we'll steal them if you don't. But what Ja'Cory I, Brooks was nowhere near on my radar at all. And what, I, what I find interesting about the Ja'Cory Brooks pick and his following pick, which was Mario Williams from OU, who again was a true freshman, showed some signs, but didn't really like put up glaring numbers – was that the guy who's actually slotted in at number three 
was actually still on the board at this point because he didn't actually get taken until the guy on 203 went on the clock. And that was Drake London, who has been, you know, shooting up boards yeah. even with the injury. Uh, you know, season. He had an amazing season with some terrible quarterback play. Yep. Yeah. So the fact that he was even still available and, and, and it was still passed over here. And again, again, it's, it's owner preference based upon what the owner wants to do. But it, it just that kind of surprised me there. Uh, the other one would be uh, Dom and Edwards, Eli's pick. And again, I, just because. Yeah. yeah. The, the owner, again, is a Michigan fan. But Donovan <laughs> Edwards also, you know, didn't really put together a, a full, you know, resume. But, you know, he, he flashed. And that's that's basically. And he was a four-star recruit, right? Or is he five-star? Five. He ended up being a five-star. He ended up being a five-star. So he's a five-star recruit. So, you and, know. And to be fair, if we're talking about Will Shipley, Sean Tucker, and Donovan Edwards, who were, you know, those were the three running backs taken in or, those orders, I probably would lean Edwards at this point myself. See, and I, and I would lean Sean Tucker. Not because I took him, but just because of what he's done in two years at Syracuse. Because he was there last year. He, he's technically a freshman, but and he yeah, finished third and he finished count. and he finished third this year in all of FBS and rushing. So and he and he's doing it in Syracuse. Like n- nobody nobody cares about Syracuse. I mean, I don't think anybody can name another player from Syracuse other than maybe Sean Tucker. So it that that's why I would take Sean Tucker here at this point, because I think that he's going to be a name that's going to start shooting up NFL boards just because of what he is able to do. And he's got good size. He's 5'10", what, 215, 210. So he's got good size. Uh, what's your value pick in the first round? I mean, I guess you could say Jake, Drake London for being actually picked 203, but. <laughs> no, because that's just, no. <laughs> I mean, Kayshawn, Butte actually being there in this draft might be more surprising than Traylon Burks yeah. because he was getting a lot of hype be, yeah. this year, this time last year. So yeah. that would probably, uh, if I'm if I'm looking at a, these guys, he's probably the value. I was shocked he fell to me at five. I mean, it helped that the, the guy at three ended up completely yes. not picking, but the fact that Kayshawn fell to me there at technically four, I guess you could say, it was uh, it was a little bit surprising for me. I had my fingers crossed. I had my eyes on him and Traylon, and I was like, "Please, somebody forget about him. Please, somebody forget about one of them." <laughs> I need quarterback. Um, there was no going around that for me, so I was yeah. happy to get Matt Corral. Now, Eli, with with your second pick, and I'm asking you specifically because with your second pick, you went Chris Olave from Ohio State, which I'm sure yeah. probably pain, pained you <laughs> to to do that, being a Michigan fan. I asked this question because this is kind of one of the things that me and Mark were talking about earlier this week. Did you take Olave to to spread out the classes and because he got immediate help there? Because you took Olave over Drake London here at this point, and you went with a true freshman in Donovan Edwards in the first. Did you Was that a strategy you employed, or did it just happen to be that Olave was your highest-rated guy at that point? I really like Olave as a guy to potentially come into the league and give me something early. So instead of going for, I I guess I went for the, the more long shot unknown with high potential Donovan Edwards in the first round. So then yes, Olave felt like a safe pick and he's 
I really like him this year coming into the draft. I think he's going to be, I think he's one of the most complete wide receivers. I think he fits more of like what we talked about the other day in the chat, like the Cooper cup type mold where his football IQ and just those little unique things that he does separates him from the rest. He's not the most athletic guy and he's not Traylon Burks by any means, hmm. but I, if I like the safest pick for where I have him valued. And I mean, I'll agree. I'll, I would prefer him over Addison. I'd prefer him over. I mean, Jamison Williams for me is tough because it's one I year great one. program and, and all that. Right. But I mean, Olave is probably safer because we've seen him do it multiple years where Jamison, again, it's a transfer. He did great. He looked great, great offense. And maybe, but it's still that Bama thought process of, did he just look great because it's Bama? Well, I mean, you can say that same thing about Olave being at Ohio State, though. But right. Jameson, but, but I will say that Jameson Williams did transfer from Ohio State. So that yeah, kind of – Very smartly. Right. Smartest move point, anybody in college has ever made at this point, I feel like. Or to your original question, Michael, I do treat Debbie drafts differently in that – based on roster construction in that, like you said, I do try to somewhat spread out the picks. If there's a guy – a year or two down the road, like the Donovan Edwards. If there's a guy like that, that I think could skyrocket to where I might not get him next year. And I really want him. I'm going to take him. I'm even going to take him in the first round, but those later picks, I might lean more towards the guys that are closer to the NFL draft, like the Elijah Moores, right? Last year was Elijah Moore for me. I was taking him in the third round before, you know, I was getting the Debbie drafts off. before he went off. Right. In which, and, and then in rookie drafts, I was hardly ever able to get him. But it, that's where, like, Olave fits into that for me. Like, he's the Elijah Moore where I feel like I really like him. I think he can do something in the NFL, and he's going to give me immediate impact, hopefully, the next year. Yeah, I, I was just wondering because, like, in, in this round, I had I had four picks. I traded up for one, and I took a – a freshman, you know, a true freshman, Caleb Williams, who we all saw run Spencer Rattler out of town in Oklahoma. And then I came back and, and wanted to get immediate help. So I took two receivers that up until Michi got hurt, you know, we're, we're looking at being two of the top five, you know, wide receiver picks in this class. And then I took Sean Tucker, who who possibly could come out next year um, from Syracuse, the running back from Syracuse. So I, I, I kind of went with a little bit different of a strategy than I normally do. I mean, in the first round, I took Kayshawn, you know, uh, Boet and and Malik Willis. You know, they're they're a year apart as well. So that's why I was wondering if you if you employed the same strategy or not because Mark and I had already talked about it, and I, and I felt like that we kind of figured that you know it'd be it'd be close to that. What, what's the value here pick for you guys in the second? Is there a value here? To me, it's Caleb Williams. Your pick there, <laughs> and that's. That's solely based now on – because this was our first Debbie draft. That's right. solely based on, I believe, in every draft since he's been in the first round. Oh, yeah. And I think the, I think the most intriguing – the two most intriguing picks here, though, are actually Jahan Dotson, that you took, Mark, at where you took him, because I've been seeing him hovering around that top five in the wide receiver category. But I'm pretty sure that I think we saw him fall to the third – I think in one of these drafts, if I'm not mistaken, or early third. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. And then Carson Strong at the end of the second. 
because of his medical, you know, if his medical clears, there's a lot of people that are ranking him much higher inside the but top two or three. Desmond Ritter did go so, a pick ahead of him. So right. if that guy felt like, okay, I needed to, uh, you know, he didn't have any, he had one more pick, but it's the next very next pick. So yeah. it's not a difference that he needed to get a quarterback. Then I, I understand why he went strong there because you're already looking at every other one from this draft class being off the board. Well, yeah. And, and again, though, I mean, I'm just, just throwing it out there that it's just an intriguing pick. I mean, I think the best value, you know, I think Olave is actually pretty good value there at 202 for, for well, Eli. He was going in drafts last year, too. Yeah. And so I yes, think that, getting him in the second round this year after people were taking him in two it. and three last year. Well, I think it's yeah. just great value because, I mean, you're getting him. Because he's not the flashy you know, new toy. Right. You're getting him after Ja'Cory Brooks and, and Mario Williams that were drafted ahead of him, too. You know what I mean? So, like, he, he's the fifth receiver taken off the board at this point. The only thing I will say about draft, so. my Dotson pick is I didn't realize there was one guy still available when I made the pick because I was trying to get somebody else and I got uh, sniped by somebody in this chat. So I kind of didn't oh. go fully looking Beach and Beach. I didn't realize. Yeah, the I match match, yes. yeah, the yes. match pick, yeah. And I didn't realize Quinton Johnston was actually still available. Probably would have taken him over Dotson at that point. Not well, that I hate the Dotson pick, uh, but just I, you know, I like Johnston's size a little bit. Well, that brings me down to the third round. Is is Johnston your your value pick there? In the third, there's one guy I, I'm looking at in the third here for my value pick that I, I it potentially could be a steal. <laughs> I have two. Yes. Yeah, I would say yes, only because I would say maybe Drake May at the end of the third, but we just don't know anything about him yet to say, yeah, I mean, he's he's a huge upside and terrible floor, and it's a great pick in the third round at the end of it because you, you may have a steel NFL first-round quarterback in the third round of a Debbie draft at this point. Uh, for me, it's, it's Quentin Johnson. Xavier Worthy. Oh, Worthy? Okay. Uh, the guy showed out at Texas. I mean, Casey Thompson is, is a quarterback there, and I no no offense to Casey Thompson by any means, but I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. And, and the fact that he was able to show out the way that he did, if you go back and take a look at some of his numbers, he put up some pretty good numbers at Texas this year. Yeah, so, I, I, and, that, and, that's, and that's two picks away from the, the end of the draft. Um, but there was you a lot of yours. Yeah, what were you two? So, the way I kind of value it sometimes in these Debbie drafts, like we talked about with Drake May at the end there, that's like a super high upside. That's like pushing out, you know, I'm kicking right. it down the road a couple of years, right, in the hopes that that value increases huge. Um, but the more and more I look back at these leagues where um, the Justin Jeffersons of the world fell through the cracks of Debbie drafts and ended up early in rookie drafts, similar to the Eli Elijah Moore situation, like these guys that are coming out the next year that have a chance to get taken in the NFL draft with some draft capital, I'm going to value a little bit higher. So like um, Zach Charbonnet, I really love Zach Charbonnet for the NFL. I think he's actually, a, especially in this draft class with not a whole lot of, it's not 
five six it's not, superstars. It's not deep. Yeah, it's not five six well, superstars deep. He has a chance to come in and get a spot on an NFL roster and make impact for a running back. You've taken him there in the third round. To me, is huge value because you're bypassing that rookie draft. Well, and, and that was my pick, and I was between him and a the five star. Bama running back and Kamar Wheaton at that point. And I just, at that point, I didn't want to play the Bama wheel. I've done it in another draft because I was like, <laughs> at that point, it was a different story. And I want to diversify some assets. Right. But I was like, you know what? I'd rather at this point take Charbonnet and and see what I get out of him than wait three years and see what Kamar is. I have two head scratchers, three head scratchers. No. Well, yeah. Three head scratchers, two of them made by the same player, same owner, and then a surprising pick in this round. It seems like the third round is always filled with that. Uh, you know, like like Wandell Robinson for one, like played well at Kentucky, but I, I he's a gadget I don't know guy. I, yeah, I don't know how he. I, I don't know if I need to see more on him, but he's just not a guy that stands out to me as. Like a must go get great numbers puts up. He had great numbers. That's not, but he's yeah, not I mean, like, yeah, he's the like NFL. Cole boy, the NFL projection doesn't look great for him. For, for uh, me, my, LJ Johnson's a one that I'm, I scratch my head out a little bit. And that's only because of what I saw this year with, and I, and a chain isn't like a big guy, but they gave him a lot of work this year so but a train but a train and, and and spiller are both eligible for this class so have, is? yeah they both are so yeah they, mine they is the last pick strictly <laughs> <laughs> because right before that pick i take drake may which i get there's we haven't seen anything could could be terrible could never do anything could never make it to the nfl but there's there's a difference in potential between him and that guy to where rather than taking J.J. McCarthy as the last pick, I'm like, I could literally just pull a name out of a hat of five-star recruits and probably hold more value than J.J. McCarthy there. Well, for me, like with the Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, I mean, it's not even really a debate. May just projects better at the NFL level than McCarthy does. McCarthy might be a five-star recruit, but he his, his but what are we going to see from him? Right, we've already well, seen right him. his recruit. Um, right, you know it, him, it but... comes, but but the two that the two that really get me is Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame, especially with how long it takes for tight ends to develop, and and it's, okay. this isn't even actually a knock at the tight end position as much as it is just how long it takes for them to develop at the NFL level. Yeah. We always see you know? at least one or two get drafted in the WWF, though. So. Always. This is the uh, only no, tight end that has been taken in all three W drafts. He's the only one, <laughs> right? There's that too, and, and then well, and then I would say Jaden Daniels. I I didn't get it. I, he, yes, he had so. he had steam. Had a not very good year at Arizona State this year, and then I he's mean he's going, going back. back to school, but yeah, I don't think that helps him. I, um, I think I would have just rather taken somebody else at that point. So two things, Michael. Achan is only in his second season at Texas a He enrolled in 2020. He, he played he last a, year. He was a true freshman last year? Yes. I saw a thing that said that he was eligible for well, go, 2022. Go back and check that. Huh, okay. Because, well, okay, never mind then. Because he, he committed 
his class was 2020. So he, oh, okay. But, well, then, then, then it'll be next year for A-Chain. I thought it was this year. but If he does, though, he's, I don't know how much he played last year and if he'll come out or not. But and then I, I still think L.J. Johnson's talented enough to – I'm not concerned about L.J. Johnson, if you want my honest See, I just – I don't know. I'm not, I'm not – I'm not impressed by him, but uh, I wasn't impressed by him to begin with, even before I, I, not seeing much out of him. I liked a little bit of his high school tape that I saw. But um, there was a tight end taken in in the next Debbie draft also. And, and well, let's, let's go to Debbie. There was? I don't remember. It was also. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but this this one's, a, this one's yeah. yeah that, that one's, this is the one that I think would be a... If you're going to take a tight end, it, it, he would be the one that I'd want out of the two. <laughs> Let's put Which it I understand, way. but again, that's just personal preference by by owner to owner. It, it's still so, you're still talking about a tight end who's going to take a while. So so let's get this out of the way right quick in the second draft, guys. Let, let, let's talk about Travion Henderson being the first overall pick for the second straight draft, and let's talk about Donovan Edwards being the second straight first round pick for Eli at. At twelve, I mean, it was it was actually his his second first round pick in that one, but he he still took him in the first. So second straight <laughs> draft that Eli has taken Donovan Edwards. Let's get that out of the way. Um, this draft, this this league in particular, is probably uh, our most wild card yes. heavy draft every year. For instance, Bryce Young had not been taken. And the first seven picks, myself included, was unaware. I mean, me too. But <laughs> I, I, I knew um, Bryce was there, and I wasn't taking. Yeah, taking you were taking Drabion Henderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I ended up taking Matt Corral, which I'm okay with. I'm I fine taking Matt Corral, but I mean, that's an odd pick to take over Bryce Young either, because that's immediate quarterback return. Uh, I took Caleb Williams. And you took Caleb Williams, but again, though, that's kicking it down a little bit further down the road. So you got two picks now that you took for that for one. Bet. That one, you know, I could we could make an argument. You probably you can make an argument Sean, either way. But either way, even Malik Willis again, another argument you can make for Malik Willis. Same with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, you can make a case for but, any of those quarterbacks taken. So Kenneth Walker, Will Shipley, Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson, who I just took in the second round. <laughs> Of a draft, and we've seen, I think, go in the third round of another draft, who I probably should have waited until the third round to take, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Went at 106. Uh, Kenneth Walker at 102. Yeah, that was a that was a head scratcher for me. Yeah, Will and Shipley, I mean, I Will Shipley at is, 104, who went at 204 in the other league. But, and I will say, though, that owner is, like, yeah, he's the young running back guy, so I'm not surprised there that he's probably trying to to one up everybody with that pick, hoping it pans out. Well, I mean that that's just the way. I mean Bryce Young, and then uh, you know without jumping too far ahead, C.J. Stroud at two hundred one, um, kind of a surprise again. Another guy that I thought was taken for some reason and was not. And Tyler Goodson at two hundred two. Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I, I wanted to talk a little bit here because. Uh, in this draft, uh, you know, Will Shipley, who went in the second round of the first draft, went 104. Drake London, who didn't get picked until 203, went at you know, 110 to the guy who wanted to take him in the other draft. And then at 111, Chris Olave. 
went where you got him at 202 in the other one. So it's not a huge discrepancy for Olave, but just the fact that they're sliding into that first round, you know. Well, so. I mean, I, I got a guy in the second round that has probably been drafted in most drafts last year or the year prior to that. And granted, he hasn't been like this amazing. You said in the second round? Yeah. Ely? Oh, Jerry on Ely? Oh, I didn't realize he had been taking that much in any other drafts, I guess. I don't know. He usually... I, I didn't pay attention to him, so I, I have no idea. I mean, in the second round, you know, I took Quinn Ewers in the middle of the second, and Quinn Ewers has been a guy we've seen... He's in the first you know, every other draft so far, hasn't he? Yeah, so Jackson Smith Nigby is another guy who kind of slid a little bit compared to the first draft where the year that he put together at OSU... You know, Michi and Jamison Williams went right about, you know, where they went in the first draft. Sean Tucker went up a little bit. Uh, Tyler Goodson came out of left field for, I mean, that's probably my head scratcher of a pick in the second round. Jalen Tolbert moved up from the third to the second. Well, that was my pick. And I did that on purpose because there was another guy in the third round that I was going to take in the third round if he got to me, which I did. Haskins... Haskins is a guy that didn't get drafted in yeah, the previous he, draft. He was a head scratcher to me. He got taken another in the, in the next draft. We'll talk about after this too. That kind of was a surprise to me. Um, Let's talk. Okay, so a guy we kind of glossed over in the first draft who has been taken, I think, now in every draft. Braylon Allen, the running well, back for Wisconsin. I, I was going to mention him because he went three hundred one in the first one, and then he went at like two what two ten two hundred nine here two hundred nine. Yeah, 209. so. I don't know where I stand with him. I don't know where you guys are with him. A 17-year-old, he, he he balled out for, what, four games there down the stretch. He's starting to gain a little bit of momentum. He's really big for a running back, or at least he's big for a running back. In, in, in. It's because he was a linebacker. Right. He went to school as a linebacker. Right, and they converted him. Uh, I, I don't know if they converted him out of the fact that Berger flamed out and they were like, well, we need a running back. Or, or I mean, granted, he was a running back also in high school. He was a running back and a linebacker. Yeah. But, but he got recruited. He got recruited as a linebacker. As primarily. a linebacker. So I don't know if it was more of a need for them to to move him or what. But I, I don't know where I stand with him. I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think I could take him. Not now. Personally, I don't think I could take him in any of these drafts. And, and no. he's really and he's really gaining a lot of a lot of momentum and steam from a lot of people and, and going fairly early. I mean, he went to a first in another Debbie draft that I'm in. He went at twelve. And um, it's solely based on the numbers he put up, I get it. I get he he was he looked great, but his he, he strikes just he just strikes me, me more he just strikes me more of Ron Dane than he does Derrick Henry and yeah I mean, or 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 Brandon Jacobs. You know, I mean. Who had what two good he, years at the NFL level? And granted, he is seventeen, but his height will never go down. Yes, he could lose <laughs> he some can't weight, get shorter. <laughs> but he will not get shorter. And believe if he's not six two, he's six one for sure. It's just that upright running style that. Well, and that's that. That kind of gets me, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. This draft was always weird to me, though. Just six two, six two, right? Yeah, and. Some people are wondering if maybe he's closer to six three. Well, we know how that so, goes. Uh, yeah, uh, this is this is a draft where we did not see Carson Strong get drafted. 
Yeah, Carson Strong did not go drafted in this one. And I um, will say part of the reason was is I did pass on him in the third round because I was going to take him. And I will, I believe, most likely have the first overall pick in the rookie draft. So my strategy was is if, if he does medically clear, get drafted high, I'll just take him there. Yeah. Where, well, I mean, think about this for a second, too, though, because we've already mentioned – what, at least three guys that didn't get taken in the other draft? Two guys that didn't get taken in the other draft. And that was before the third round. And then in the third round, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, including the final five, that did not get taken in the first draft. Charleston Rambo being the first guy in, in the third round at two, which he declared for the draft. Looks like he's adding to that wide receiving core, but he had only one good year. Great you know, year at Miami. Yeah, with, with a backup quarterback who actually may have ended up being better than the guy that was there. Um, so, you know, that is what it is. Uh, Brock Bowers is the other tight end that got tra- taken, who, again, he's a true freshman. If I'm going to take a tight end, he would be the guy that I would take over – you know, my mayor, but I'm not taking a tight end ever in these drafts. <laughs> like, it's just never going to happen. Tyler Allgaier. I don't know what his projection is. He's like, what, 5'9", 180 pounds? He's he, he's a great college running back at BYU, but yeah, the NFL level, I'm not sure there's much there. And then the final five guys were Kamara Wheaton, Parker Washington, Kamario Edmonds, Kobe Pace, for some reason. Well, I know why, but – and Jarquez Hunter. <laughs> I, yeah, I can tell you why, Kobe Bates. <laughs> uh, I don't know how about anybody else feels here, but Wheaton and Edmonds are the only two guys that I'm interested in, and Edmonds I think I can wait on. Um, oh, I could have probably waited the... on Wheaton, to be honest. But again, it was yep. probably but... stronger Wheaton for me at that point. And... Right. Because this is but... a league where Zach Charbonnet got drafted last year. Right. So he wasn't available for me to even think about because Eli already owned him from last year. Right, but why not take a shot on Wheaton here? And if you have the first pick, you can get strong in the right and that's in the why rookie draft. So, solely the reason I did that. But the fact that we saw Parker Washington, Kobe Pace, and Jarquez Hunter go, and just, I'll be honest, I like Parker Washington. Well, I, I like him as Parker a Washington coming into this year, but he did nothing. It was the Jahan Dotson show, and that was it. Parker never got out of his own way, and it was Park- not because of the offense. Uh, but anyways, regardless, Parker Washington's still a guy that I could see get drafted in the middle rounds of the NFL draft and kind of hang around a team, but he, he's not Cooper Cup. Uh, he is. I, I took him in a C2C league, I think, because you stole Jahan Dotson from me. And I wanted one of the two of them. Who? You. I, I don't have Jahan Dotson either way. The, wait, so did you take Parker Washington? Then? I, took I, took Par- Dotson? I took Parker Washington in the league. Okay, yeah. so you stole Parker Washington from me. I ended up with Dotson. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You got the better uh, of the two. Congratulations. Well, and the only reason I wanted – at that time, I remember I I wanted Washington over him was because he's younger, and I wanted the extra time with him. Right. Washington is – he's not eligible next year, right? I think he's a sophomore this year. I think he was a true freshman last year. And he he had a great year last year. Came on near the end. Him and and John both, like, came on near the end of last year. Right. But this year, Parker Washington was doo-doo. I think a lot of that, though, was also the lack of your run game overall, too. Yeah, but it didn't 
it didn't hurt Jahan Dotson at all. What, but what was Dotson's targets compared to Parker Washington's? I'm interested to figure out if you if you can find that. I'm going to start this next one off with my surprise pick of the first round, and that was you taking Kenny Pickett at 104. <laughs> Too high for you? No, I'm just wondering, was it a you wanted to spread the love between Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett, or? It, it was. I uh, I love I have Corral right now as my first uh, overall, uh, but it's very 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 slim <laughs> from like one to five. Like it's it's all messed up. Uh, but it was it was more just kind of spread spread it out a little bit. And I have Corral in other spots. I had Malik Willis. I took in another spot. Uh, I've had plenty of Quinn Ewer shares. So. I more or less just kind of wanted to give myself an opportunity and chance to make sure that I wasn't missing out on a guy that was going to produce at the next level. Um, so ne- this gives me a one in three chance to hit on all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there you go. I, co- I cover all my bases. Here. Uh, okay. I, I haven't, admittedly, I haven't seen enough tape on Kenny Pickett yet to find out where I am with him. Uh, I know that he has a strong arm. I know he's a good size. Uh, he's underrated as an athlete. But uh, I don't know. He and actually he had a much better career at Pittsburgh than I thought he did. Mark and I were talking, and I thought it was just one year. It was not just one year. He actually had a really good. He had he had a really good overall career. He had a breakout year this year as one year. Um, the but, other years were like consistently meh. Well, and again though, who in Pittsburgh? Who does he have around him other than Jordan Addison as the only receiver? And we we already don't even know where we are with Jordan Addison at this point. So uh, that that's that, that's where I am with Pickett. I got to see more, but at this point in time with my pick here at four, uh, I just figured I already have Corral and Willis. I might as well diversify a little bit. All right, you like it. Let's, let's hear the, uh, the thought process behind Kenneth Walker for your pick at one, 107, 108, 109. I wanted to... Grab one of the running backs that I thought would be drafted the highest in the upcoming draft to give me a little bit of help. That was really immediate type situation there. Um, no, my thing on Pickett was real quick. We see quarterbacks like that get drafted high in the NFL draft all the time. Players that might only have one big breakout season towards the end of their career. They don't look at the late breakout as much at the quarterback position. So the fact that you're taking a guy like him that's going to be drafted in the next draft, I boost that value automatically. So it's the same kind of same situation with Kenneth Walker there. Breakout year looked really good. He has good size. I'm going to ignore all of the other things that would have kept him from being a Debbie pick. You know, it, it really wasn't the fact that he had a breakout year as much as it was the arm strength and, and size for him, um, for me, that allowed me to be like, OK, I'm comfortable taking him in case, you know, Corral or Willis, you know, don't pan out for Kenneth Walker. Uh, I, I I liked Kenneth Walker when he was at Wake Forest. So it, it's very interesting to see where he is now, because. I just don't know what his translation is at the next level. That that that's my that 
some of these running backs we, we we're looking at, and I'm actually having the same problem that I'm with Isaiah Spiller now is I don't know what Spiller's translation is at the next level. Like on tape, he looks like he could be a complete back and kind of do the things that Josh Jacobs does. But where's Spiller going to go? We don't necessarily you know? need that. We need what we need is Eckler, Kamara, Aaron Jones when he's exceeding, um, Tony Pollard when he starts. You know, there are guys that don't have that might not look like that overall back, and those are a lot of them are way more long term value than the guys that we see coming in and we're like, oh, they've got this, you know, they can be the the workhorse and then we see how it wears on their bodies and it never pans out. So well, I almost would rather a shot on a guy where it's like, okay, if he goes to a good spot and they use him well, like I'll take that, maybe the reduced talent because he's not my favorite player on the board here by any means. The, the idea of the workhorse back though is out the window. I don't mean it in that sense as much as I do – what what's the translation opportunity and and chance for them because the days of like you know the zeke days when he was there we, we're seeing what's happening there we're seeing what's happening with cmc the last two years uh we're looking at you know what happened with derrick henry this year because it took a toll on his body from the last two years like what we we, we know we're not going to necessarily see that there's going to be a handful that are going to be like that but we're not going to see it, it it all over the place but if Kenneth Walker was to go to a place like the Saints, I like him much better than if he goes to a place like Detroit, believe it or not. You know, um, if he goes to a place like Washington, what, what what's his use going to be in Washington? You know, where how is he going to be utilized there in comparisons to if he goes to like, if he goes to like the Rams? You know, I know, I know, I know Cam Akers is there, but, you know, who's to say they're not going to use two running backs to try to protect cam, you know, stuff like that. So it's like side of the Jonathan Taylors of the world though. Like there's not a whole lot of guys that can go to one of those bad situations that we talk about all the time and actually succeed. We've seen really good players go to those situations. So that's the thing where I'm going to value some, basically a guy that's going to be a first round pick in next year's rookie draft. I'm willing to take the shot on him before his value ever goes any direction. Well, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And again, it's not one of those situations where I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it was a bad pick by any means. It's just Walker is a guy that strikes me as what do I do with him? So Elon, here's, here's an is interesting, he, is he Devin Singletary? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like, Here's an interesting so, Singletary kind of small though. That's that's well, I, I'm not, not. I'm not saying size size comparison. Zach Moss would probably be a better Zach Moss even a better comparison for kind of Walker. But Walker is more athletic. I mean, you can get a if you get Miles Gaskin out of Walker, that's a steal in that spot because Gaskin's been good for the two years he's been given the role, especially for a, what a seventh round pick I think he was. But uh, a conversation. Michael and I were having earlier about this upcoming running back class because, you know, we were talking about that trade and I was looking at a site's running back rankings and they have Brian Robinson as their overall one. And you said, you know, you were looking at a running back who 
you could get an immediate return for it. And, and Kenneth Walker is probably the only guy left on the board who fits that mold. Where, I, I mean, and we haven't seen Brian Walker get taken once, but we've seen Kenneth Walker get taken, I think, in every draft. Brian Robinson, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, from Alabama. I so, looked and I thought about it over and over and over and over because that was one of my thoughts, and I ended up just – Passing every time, yeah. I I felt like I was he was a guy I was willing to let fall to the draft and see what happens. And and I, I totally agree. I just like I said when I saw that today, and and from what that site said, scouts. Yes, I don't know what I, scouts they use are comparing him to Javante Williams, but a better version. Which I mean doesn't seem to be the consensus out there, but you know who knows. And I was just curious because when you know when you said Walker is the only immediate return guy, which at at this point he is. Spiller's gone. Hall, Brees Hall's gone. I don't really know anybody I already else have Charbonnet. at this point. Charbonnet's gone. But yeah, so DJ Bird. I was just curious who you know, like if if it ever thought crossed your mind to take Brian Robinson or not. It did. It did. <laughs> Brian Robinson, actually, there was only one spot that I that I considered, and that was an OG Devi um, before I got on the Sean Tucker situation. Um, I, I guess for me, it's just – there's no surprise pick in the first round for me, by the way. I, there's no, there's nobody that went in the first that I'm like, no. you know, oh, my God. Uh, I mean, Jamison know. Williams is one than he did in any of their draft. So, but Jamison Williams is also a guy that everybody's expecting to be one or two wide, one the one or two wide receiver off the board in the actual right. NFL just, draft. So it's it's the first draft where he made the first round. But look at the first two that, picks. He... Look at the first two picks in the second. Now, what what I was going to say with with Brian Robinson's situation is, um, is it possible that a team might look at a guy like Brian Robinson, look at his size, and try to say he's our workhorse guy and he ends up being Chris Carson. And that's why you took a guy like Kenneth Walker over him, because you might see something more in Kenneth Walker than you do Brian Robinson. Because honestly, yeah, that's why, that's because that's why I took Sean Tucker. Let's, you know, let's over Brian honest. Robinson. Chris Carson is just one lucky opportunity that he did what he did because he was, I believe a seventh round pick of the Baltimore Ravens. He was. And got cut from them and then bounced and then finally ended up in Seattle. And Seattle really couldn't get um, – I'm, I'm banking on their, their first-round pick running back. Penny, healthy, to be the guy. And that was and that was uh, a year after Carson did what he did. Yeah, Carson, but nobody, the year before Carson had a, a really good year. And they right, still drafted Penny in the first. Nobody expected it because yeah, – right. because, you know. So he, he just lucked into an opportunity and, and did well with it. Don't get me wrong. He's – He's shown out, but but it, it, but yeah. again though, Chris Carson's still not a guy that everybody's going out and, and wanting to buy and, and no. go get, and they're not going to spend a Debbie pick on him, or they would never have spent a Debbie pick on a guy like Chris Carson. So they I, spent I was a just, Debbie pick on Mark Ingram. Yes, oh. they, yeah, they would have. They would have ended up spending a pick, and maybe that's where Kenneth Walker comes into play here, is because I think the potential side of it, the upside, is higher than Brian Robinson's, maybe, or people think. Oh, it I agree. I just wanted to, to get his because I I had never not in one draft did I consider Kenneth Walker because I'm just not that high on him, and I'll just yeah. I'll let other people have him, just because I there are other guys I'd prefer. But I understand 
taking him because of the opportunity that he now has at being the one, two, or third running back probably off the board. Ironically enough, I actually would prefer, and it's sort of personal preference, but I would actually prefer, you know, um, Will Shipley and um, uh, Sean Tucker uh, over Kenneth Walker. But I think it's because of where Shipley and Tucker are going in the Debbie drafts in comparison to where Kenneth Walker is going into a Debbie draft. Like if Kenneth Walker had fallen to like 204, 205, I think I would have no issues going ahead and smashing that and taking that pick and, and yeah, being okay with it. it. It's it's because people want that immediate return running back, and that's right. And where he's, he's, he's going, the only guy left. And, and by any means, at 108 or whatever it was where you got him, I'm not saying that's a terrible pick. It's just for me on my own personal level, I got Will Shipley. At, I got Will Shipley at 209, and I would just have rather had him at 209 than I would Kenneth Walker at, at 108. I guess is where is where I am with that. You know what I mean? But got my other guy. But if you're looking at oh, what who's your other guy? Who's in the next who's round? Donovan Edwards. Oh yeah, Donovan Edwards. Yeah, none of an Edwards. Oh, right, one pick after Chris Olave, who again, this is the furthest Olave. This is the furthest Olave has fallen. He fell the I was actually considering class. taking Olave if you fell to me there, but but look at two hundred one and two hundred two in this class. Right, I was just going to say those two guys. Well, one, this is the first draft you went in. He he's he's been he was considered in the other two though because he was considered oh, yeah. by me he was considered I, by me and several other people in in, in other. I'm not too. upset about the the him being picked in the draft. I just think it's early for him. I think it's early for both these guys. But Raylan Allen, the guy we talked about previously, and right. he went 201. Where in, I think both of the other drafts he was late second or third rounder. He was so. he was 301 in the first draft, and then he went like 210. Okay, yeah, in, in, the, like in the second draft, and then two hundred one here in the third draft, and we are currently in a fourth draft that I'm sure he's going to get taken somewhere in here. It'll be interesting to see where he goes right now. But yeah, Josh Josh Downs, that to me was surprising. Now I was going to take the third. <laughs> I don't believe this guy has another pick in the draft. I think that's where those three picks he had there because he had three in a row were yeah. his only three. So. If his thought process was, I want to get Josh Downs, I have to do it now because it's my only last. It's my last pick. I understand that. Just it's for not for a guy who hadn't been drafted once so far. It was it's surprising. On top of this is this is the first league where we're a year younger than the other two. So right, there is less of a year. right. But and there's also a lot of players that flamed out that just didn't get picked because they got picked three years previous. But I really and, wanted and, to trade for those three picks. <laughs> I had such high hopes. I mean, those those picks were surprising, but again, based on the guy picking them and his being in his own picks, Jackson Dart's probably, to me, even more surprising of a pick in the second round. The whole draft, I think Jackson Dart is probably my most my most questionable pick out of the whole draft. I mean, Brandon Thomas at the very last pick, I think, was just kind of a you know, I found a guy that might hit. You right, know, yeah. Twelve, whatever. Let me but get him two, now before he he blows up and can't get him next year. But what surprises me about Jackson Dart is, first of all, USC is going under a Lincoln Riley coaching change. Um, 
he's coming over and there's no guarantees for Dart. Keaton Slovis still hasn't entered the transfer portal. Uh, Caleb Williams still hasn't committed somewhere. Not Caleb Williams, sorry. Uh, uh, Spencer Rattler. Rattler has not committed somewhere yet. And, and um, let's let's be fair. There are a lot of quarterbacks who entered that transfer portal who Lincoln Riley could bring to him himself there's a, outside of Spencer Rattler. There's a new name that has entered the portal today that apparently is getting a lot of attention from power five schools. And there is speculation that Lincoln Riley could be looking at him. He was actually drafted in CDC universe. Um, but Cameron Ward from incarnate Ward word entered the transfer portal today. And, imme- and immediately he received a power five offer almost instantaneously. And um, I'm going to be honest. I, I expect to start to see that a lot more with NIL where these guys are going to go to these FCS schools to try and ball out and then go and be the starter at a power five school two years down the road. But if you think, or if you know anything about Cameron Ward, and then you think about the quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley has had at OU, what do they all fairly have in common? They can all run and they're all really good throwers from the pocket, which is Cameron Ward. Keaton Slovis and Dak Jackson Dart. Statues. They don't move as as well. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So Dart here, it, literally a Dart throw. Um, and it, it and, I, and I, I like, like Jackson, Jackson Dart. Dart. Yeah, me too. But him being at USC is the only reason I haven't taken him in a single draft mm-hmm. because I don't know his future at this point. If they don't fire their head coach. If Lincoln Riley doesn't come there and probably blow a lot of it up, Jackson Dart probably gets drafted before this draft at this point. Yes. In other drafts. Yep. But that solely was the reason I wasn't touching him. But it, I it was just, hoping Drake May would follow me. There. There's just too many. Yeah, Drake May is a. There's just too many question marks there because and Drake May wouldn't have fallen to you in the third, by the way, because I would end up taking him between my two picks. Um, You're an a-hole. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> But it's not just that. It's just like with Keaton Slovis being there, who's to say that, you know, Lincoln Riley's not going to look at Keaton and say, I've seen it with you. I know you can do it. So let's do this. You know, assuming that Rattler doesn't follow him to USC or that they don't go after Cameron Ward. Um, Again, it's all speculation, but it just too many question marks around the USC situation for me to want to take Jackson Dart in any point in this draft. A surprise in the second round for me was actually my pick of Rakeem Jarrett and just the fact that he was available in the middle of the second round. So it, it was surprising to me. I think it's probably one of the better value picks, if you want my honest opinion there. I think the reason why people have kind of soured on Rakeem a little bit, though, is because uh, Talia Tagaviola is not good. And I think that's actually hurt his stock at Maryland with him as the quarterback. I don't know why, because he actually had a really good season. He had a very with good him season. as the quarterback. But he had a my surprise season. was more because I didn't think this is the only draft where he wasn't drafted last year. Right, and it, and it was. And, and, but, again... I'm, I'm not surprised he fell to the second round in this draft solely based on this draft. I'm surprised he was available to pick in this draft. You mean like we were with, you know, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young in one of the other drafts? Yes, <laughs> well, CJ Stroud in this draft fell 
yeah. all the way to the mid first. Yep. So. But I'm not as surprised CJ Stroud is is available in these drafts this year, just because last year he was coming in and wasn't playing. He was behind Justin Fields. Nobody was really talking about him. Right. He didn't get hype until when Fields is leaving, and now everybody's like, okay, well, Stroud's not the next guy. Which this, that's after all this. This draft, I think I'm – no, not this draft. Both drafts, really. I'm actually surprised he didn't get taken because of somebody that's in this draft. Yeah, I'm surprised he went first <laughs> over Stroud. I, no, I was, surpri- I was surprised he, took, he didn't take Stroud last year is what I'm getting at because he took Stroud last year in a couple drafts that we have. Yeah. Um... So, but being an Ohio State fan – you would assume he would have been all over it. <laughs> I gotta say, I the looking at these and seeing guys like Carson Strong and Ritter, Mark, your pick and my pick in the third round, it feels like such a steal to get a quarterback that's going into the NFL draft the following year in the third round of these heavy drafts, even if you were exactly. Like, I'm the more and more of these that we do, there's like, you know, you figure out your own strategy. But like, going after those guys are going to get that opportunity that are falling through the cracks because, like we talked about before, they're not the shiny new freshman with potential or breakout year, whatever. And it's get a few of them. I spread out mine. Like, this one was Kenneth Walker. So I got, you know, Got an early, um, then I went down to Van Edwards. Then I went back and grabbed Desmond Ritter, like spreading it out, but I'm almost leaning on like trying to get a lot more of those picks in there where it's like I'm going to go after the couple of guys that are going to get opportunity this year to be drafted and play. I legit, Eli, so I was on the clock, I think, from 8 o'clock that morning until I made that pick, and I was totally – between Ritter and Strong, because I was like, oh, uh, I, I think I, I, I'm going to be honest. I actually said to Michael, I said, Ritter or Strong? And he's like, uh, Strong. And I was like, all right, Strong it is, because I, I just could not decide between the two of them. And it, it's solely based on Strong has some question marks about his knee and his athleticism. Ritter, Ritter has some question marks about his decision-making and his level of play. But they're like – yeah. Right, but they're they're neck and neck. They both could be in a first round pick. They both could be a second round pick. They could be a starter. They could be. The, and I'm just like, oh my god, which one is the better choice? Like, that, I mean, it's why I wanted Drake May. I, I I actually wanted to push that pick out just to get a, a quarterback because this is a team where I'm contending on it. And quarterback is my need, but getting Leek Willis, who probably won't start next year either, but you know, was useful. So I'm now hoping Strong at least gets a shot next year, just so I have another quarterback. But but yeah, I literally was like back. I'm I was all over the internet looking for any article I could find, trying to to, to give me any little clue and any little thing I can find about them that would say, oh yeah, this is the better guy to go with. And nothing helped. I've I've had my well, eye on Ritter since last year. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Like like, so I'm like, oh, I wish I would have had him in more of these already, but. Strong, I was not as big of a fan of, but he looked really good this year, and he looked really good last year too. He did That's too. Last I, year with, I was talking to Mark about Carson Strong last year, and I didn't watch any film or anything on him last yeah. year, and then like 
as we were starting these drafts, he was one of the guys that I was watching and I, I was impressed. So, well, so I want to, I want to look at, look at, look at this third round in, in comparison to some of the other drafts. So like, you know, like well, J- Drake, Drake, Drake made JJ McCarthy, LJ Johnson, Kamar Wheaton involved in third round picks, but like Kyron Williams went in the second round in another league. Carson Strong has gone as high as two twelve in the league. Jahan Dotson was the second round. Desmond Ritter can be first round in the round. league. First round in the league. Sean Tucker a second round in two leagues. Justin Ross, who I was shocked was on the board when I when I traded for that <laughs> pick. And then you know Hassan Haskins, who we saw you know wiggling in the Brandon Thomas is just kind of a you know a, a dart okay. throw there. But there's a, there's the the third round is filled with talent that has, we've seen go a second round, you know, or higher in some cases in the second round is guys who like Raheem Jarrett, who was surprised Xavier worthy, who jumped a whole round, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, who fell, you know, who was a first round, then didn't get drafted. And then a second round to the same guy, Jackson dart, who didn't get taken is at two, you know, so Josh downs who hadn't been taken before in, in the second Braylon Allen moved up from, you know, early third, late second range. So it really, there's, it's pretty much outside of like the top, top 12. It kind of really gets, you know, cluttered, you know, all over the place. Is there a surprise value pick in any of these for you guys? Any Justin Ross at three, 10. <clears throat> I, I just couldn't believe he was there. I mean, I, mean, than- I could, if he wasn't taken last year, or, or actually probably the year prior to that, I, I totally see why he he tumbled. That only the second we, Debbie draft we had, right? Third. Who? Which one? We, this was this was the third Debbie draft. We oh, had. this no for that league. Yeah, this is only the second Debbie draft for that league. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not surprised he didn't get picked last year. This was right. there was injury year. Everybody was thinking he was never playing. He was football picked game. in leagues the pre the year prior to that. Right. Yes, because he balled out as a true freshman. And to be honest, his season was encouraging from the injury standpoint, but that offense as a whole was just terrible, and it really bogged a lot of people down. Shipley only, I think, turned things around late when he went off the last few weeks. I mean, he went forty six for five fourteen and three touchdowns in a comeback season from his injury. Right. Again, you know, it, that, that's that that that's a impressive you know, to me. That's impressive for for the injury that he had. I just guess I'm I'm a little more surprised that it just it was went all the way to three ten. Well, and, like, like and, I feel like if I, I feel like if I hadn't noticed and it didn't take him there, then he wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have. I don't think G Hub would have taken him. I mean, G Hub likes him too, but I just don't think G Hub would have taken him. So I mean, granted, you had two picks before that you could have had him. No. Yeah. Oh, oh! In the two picks before that, yeah. But I also I didn't realize that he hadn't been taken though. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, but I I do feel like that happened for other people in this league. I knew he hadn't been taken. He just for me, I have him in so many spots. Otherwise, right. I wasn't taking another shot and it not working out. I believe well, it will work out, but I don't want to have eight shares of the same guy. And then have it not work out. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd I mean, for see. me, that was my seventh pick of the draft. So I and well, yeah, <laughs> and I have no Raheem Jarrett. This is the first one I have, which I was happy about because I have none other. And then I took Carson Strong because quarterback is still a need for my team in this league. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting on Jared Goff and Teddy Bridgewater. They're both they're both secure in their in their 
yeah. positions for next year. Yeah, for sure. Tyson Scott might replace one of them. Malik, <laughs> Malik Willis might replace one of them. I'm, I'm actually hoping Malik Willis goes to Detroit, sits behind Goff for a year, so I still have Goff for one year, and then I get Malik Willis next year just to take right over for him. I don't That'd think that's gonna, perfect. I, I don't think that's going to happen though, because Detroit's going to have the first pick, and they're going to take Kayshawn Thibodeau. So, yeah, no, I've seen Malik Willis falling to them in their second pick. They they have two first rounders. Oh, that's right, they do. Thanks to the Rams. Yep. So the, yeah, the Rams take first round picks. Or picks hate, they hate picks, picks in general. Picks in they general. like they like getting the comp the comp picks they'll get when the other players leave and they sign with other teams. Then yep. they'll take players, but their own. Regular draft picks, sell them all. Isn't that what they? Isn't that what they used when they traded for uh, Von Miller? Was because they're going to get two third round picks. Yeah, the, picks the guy from said. Last year. Yeah, the guy's like, oh, we're going to yeah. get more picks anyway. We, that's why we didn't care. Well, they're just they're, they're just going to trade those two, and then they're not going to they're not going to make any selections until twenty twenty nine. Well, there you go. You got it. <laughs> um, well, that's going to do it for us here tonight, at Dynasty Academy. Until next week, have a good night.